for the introduction this morning, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 10. But as an introduction, I want to start this morning by reading Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? And so I read this as an introduction this afternoon because it ties in with what we're going to read this morning in John chapter 10. Uh, John 10 really shows us uh, how great and incredible of a shepherd we all have and how much he cares for us. Uh, Psalm 23 lists some of the qualities. He makes us lie down in green pastures, not brown ones, right? He leads us beside quiet waters. He refreshes our souls and he guides us along the right paths, not the wrong ones. And he's there even when we walk through the darkest valleys of our lives. We lack nothing with the Lord as our shepherd. Amen? Amen. And so we can forget how good God is. In particular, when we're going through our weeks and we're battling with all the different struggles and hardships that are coming our way, life just has a way of beating you down and grinding you down into the ground until you feel like there's just nothing left. And you forget God is good. I've got a great shepherd. He cares for me. He loves me. And so I want us, as we read John 10 this morning, to, I want to remind us of how good of a shepherd it is that we have. And I want to encourage us to follow him as the sheep of his pasture. Amen? If we're going to pray, before we do, uh, this is a brother in our fellowship. For those of you guys who don't know, his name is Bob Gimple. Uh, many of us know or know of Bob, but he passed away this past um, Tuesday. I've got a little statement that I, I want to read here. This is from the church in Philadelphia. It says, It's with great shock and sadness that we announced the sudden passing of Bob Gimple on Tuesday, August the 13th. On Monday, Bob was stricken with a brain aneurysm while having breakfast with his beloved wife, Pat. After she called 911, they prayed for God to lead them. Shortly after, Bob lost consciousness. After an emergency surgery, he passed away a day later, graciously spared of suffering. Pat was at his side the whole time, and the family quickly gathered to grieve this unexpected loss. Bob means so much to so many, and since his passing, tremendous expressions of love, support, and comfort have come in from around the world. With Bob's numerous roles in the Philadelphia church as church leader, elder, counselor, and friend, his service as a founding elder of the Boston Church of Christ and an ICOC church leader, as well as his global influence as founder and former CEO of Hope Worldwide, Bob's departure will surely be felt 
all around the world. So we're going to take some time just to pray for Pat, for the family, for the church in Philadelphia, and obviously for God to fill us with hope and trust um, in Him as our Good Shepherd. Amen? God, You are our Good Shepherd. Uh, you do lead us in an amazing way. You're so tender. You're so gentle. You're so warm. You're so comforting. And you seek to have an intimacy and a closeness with us. And you uh, care nothing more than to lead us into green pastures through this life. Father, we thank you for that. We're grateful for that. Uh, we pray that your, your hand would be upon the Gimple family as they um, suffer right now, as they mourn the loss, and I'm sure even celebrate uh, the loss of Bob. Gimple as well. Father, we pray that his memory would live on and live strong, that his memory would serve to inspire all of us to see uh, the amazing things that you can do through one man. Yeah. Father, we pray that you would fill us with hope and, and trust as we look forward not just to this life, God, but to the greater life, which is the next life. Help our eyes to be focused on where we're going and help us to rejoice even now in the life that we get to have for your son, Jesus Christ, in the end. And we trust you, God, as our good shepherd. Help us to see how good you really are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, John chapter 10. Uh, we're going to go through verses 1 through 21. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not. 
possessed by a demon? Can a man, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And so this section here is a continuation of what we've already covered last week, in particular in John chapter 9. This is still under the festival or the Feast of Tabernacles. And they even reference this healing of the man born blind in verse 21. So that's how you know that the two sections are connected, even though we've got a big fat 10 separating John 41 and John chapter 10, verse 1. The, the, the chapter headings and the chapter numbers and verses weren't inserted there when John originally wrote the gospel. And so Jesus tells a, a parable or a story, if you will. That's verses 1 through 5. And he's telling it simply to answer the question of who he is. This is just the common theme throughout the Gospel of John. Who is Jesus? And John is constantly highlighting Jesus, making it very clear, very known who he is. The parable refers to two types of people and how these two types of people are choosing to enter a sheep pen. The first is one who, instead of going in through the gate the way that you're supposed to go in, this one chooses to climb in over the fence. Jesus says that that one is a thief and a robber. The second actually goes in through the gate the way that you're supposed to go in. And Jesus says, that's the shepherd of the sheep. And so this parable emphasizes not only the person going in, but once the person is in, what the person actually does, what the shepherd does. He calls the sheep once he's inside the sheep pen. And they hear the shepherd's voice. He calls them out by name, because in the first century, many times if your flock was small enough, you would actually give each sheep a particular nickname. You know, if it was a black sheep, you might name him Black. If it was a sheep with a white nose, you might call him White Nose, or, or Floppy Ears, or what, I don't know, whatever you might call the sheep. But the shepherd calls the sheep out by name, and they follow him. Obviously, because they know their names. And so sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. And Jesus in the story makes the point that sheep run away from strangers because they don't know the stranger's voice. And he's saying this to the Pharisees and the Jews primarily, but I'm sure there are probably some extra people sprinkled in there as well. Why is Jesus saying this? Well, again, he's coming out of what happened with that healing with the man born blind. And he's drawing a contrast between himself and the Pharisees. And he's saying, we're different. We lead differently, and God's people see us differently. He's saying that those guys, the Pharisees, they're the thieves. They're the robbers. They're the strangers. And he might have switched topics from light in John chapter 9 to now sheep and shepherding here in John chapter 10. But he's making the same point. The point is, I'm the Messiah. That's his point. I'm the Messiah. And instead of, for the, for the Pharisees, instead of properly caring for this man born blind, the Pharisees threw him out of the synagogue. And Jesus, in contrast, is the good shepherd. He finds this man. And he leads this man to safe pasture. And just like the sheep in uh, verses uh, 4 through 5, they don't follow a stranger because they don't know his voice. The man born blind refused to listen to the Pharisees, because they were strangers. But instead he turns to Jesus. And this man is this example of, of sheep who recognize the shepherd's voice and listen to him. Obviously,
obviously, Jesus is the good shepherd. Guess who we are? We're the sheep, right? We're the sheep. And so Jesus, through this uh, story or parable, he's basically saying that, that they are not Israel's true leaders. He's saying that he is. And he's saying that God's people will not listen to them, but they will listen to him. And he will be the one to lead his people to pasture. But of course, they don't get it. And so he has to explain. He has to kind of unpack the story or his parable. And that leads us to our two simple points this morning. The first is, Jesus is our gate. Jesus is our gate. Here in verse... Um, sorry, verse 9. He says, I am the gate. Really simple, right? And in verse 7, he says that as well. Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. This is another one of Jesus' I am statements. There's roughly seven major ones in the Gospel of John. In John 6, he says that he's the bread of life. In John 8, he says he's the light of the world. Here in John 10, he says that he's the gate. Later on, he's going to say that he's the good shepherd. And as you read kind of the parable, and then you begin to listen to his explanation, as you read the story, you think, well, surely Jesus is going to compare himself to the good shepherd. But why is he comparing himself to the gate, like, of all things, right? And uh, Eastern thought is very different from Western thought. We, in the United States, the way we think, we're more rational and more logical, and all the pieces of the story need to have their physical counterparts. Everything kind of has to make sense for us. For the guys who lived back then, it didn't necessarily have to make a whole lot of sense. It, you know, the dots didn't necessarily need to connect. And so as Jesus thinks, he's saying, he gives the whole story, he's like, look, I'm the gate. Surprise, surprise. Um, in John chapter 6, Jesus says he's the bread, but he also says he's the giver of the bread. So he's mixing metaphors again. In John chapter 14, he says he's the way, but he's also the one who shows the way. So he's mixing metaphors again. His point is that all the false prophets... And all the false religious leaders that came before him were thieves and robbers, and that they were not the way to the Father. But he is. He's the gate. He's the way to enter the pen, and whoever enters through him will be saved or kept safe. And that person will have the security to come in and go out and find pasture. And so Jesus, if you notice, he's offering this offer of salvation for whoever wants to be saved. Again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. That seems like a pretty good deal. Enter through Jesus and be saved. Why do so many reject this, like, incredibly simple offer. I mean, he, he paints the picture over and over in lots of different ways to make it incredibly easy for mankind to understand. And here he breaks it down just, there, there's some sheep. There, there, there's a, a shepherd. There's a pen. If you go in through this gate, you're going to be safe within the sheep pen. Right? And he's saying that if you want to be saved, Enter through the gate, and you'll be safe too. 
But many times, us, men, women, human beings, we don't see and accept the very simple offer of Jesus Christ. Why don't we? Who knows? It's a mystery. Maybe because uh, people think there are other ways, right? I don't have to go through the gate like the thieves and the robbers. I can just jump over the fence if I want to, right? Maybe uh, some of us think all roads lead to God. Maybe, uh, well, we all worship the same God just by other names. Or maybe it's just good enough to be a good person. I can get there uh, according to my human works, my human efforts. Again, Jesus is the only way. He's the gate. Maybe we reject a simple offer because we want to do what we want to do. We just want to freely roam. I don't want to go into a sheep pen and be corralled in here and have to go through one gate, one way, when you tell me to go. I just want to go out onto the countryside and I just want to eat grass and whatever I feel like doing. And so because we have this independent, autonomous desire within us, we reject Jesus' very simple offer. But in doing that, we miss the gate. Some of us are upset because Jesus' offer is so narrow. Jesus, why you got to be so narrow? Well, I mean, if you look at his invitation, it's pretty broad. He does say whoever, right? Like, whoever. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are, what color or skin your skin tone is, or how much money you got in your bank account. Whoever you are, you can enter through this gate. That seems to me like it's pretty broad. But you do have to go through his gate. You do have to go in his way. Why is that? It's because that's how God has designed life. That's God's plan. He sets up the boundaries and the limits. Shepherds know how sheep behave. They know what's best for them. They know that if sheep are in a pen, in a corral, with a single gate, with a shepherd, this is how sheep function and do well. Right? God knows the same thing about us. And he knows this is how human beings do well. They need one way, one thing to focus on, because we can tend to be pretty scatterbrained. He wants things to be simple. No confusion. And his goal for all of this is for us to have life and to have it to the full. Jesus' purposes for coming to the sheep are, are different from the Pharisees' purposes for coming to the sheep. They...
And this spiritual life grows and it bears fruit until we become the likeness of Jesus Christ. This abundant life is more than you would expect. This physical life that we live is corrupted and it's lacking. And I know that we can go out into nature and there are some incredibly beautiful things that we can see in nature, but as beautiful as this life can be, a sunset, a sunrise, right? A child being... And when you choose to live within 
And so he's saying that that's the relationship that he wants with us. The same relationship that Christ has with the Father, that closeness, that intimacy, that connection. That's the same relationship that he wants with us. Closeness, intimacy, connection. I've got a video that I want to show here. It's a short video. It's just two minutes. But this video illustrates how the closeness that we should have with God and how we should hear His voice. Do we listen to the stranger 
Or do we listen to the Good Shepherd? Because I think some of us have it backwards. We come running when the world calls. With its music, with its fashion, with its desires, with its cares, with its concerns, with its lies. When the world starts talking to us, sucky, 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 here we come, here I come world, here I come, I'm all in, show me what I need, show me what I want. And we get caught up. But when Jesus calls, we stay still. Jesus says, sucky, 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 sucky. Here I am. I'm talking to you. I'm encouraging you to, whatever, live right, tell the truth, be pure, love me. And many of us, unfortunately, we just keep right on grazing. And we don't hear his voice. This is big. This is really big. You can tell whose voice you're listening to by when you come running, who's at the end of that path? What is it that excites you? What is it that makes you smile? What is it that gets you all fired up and all charged up? Ready to cheer? Go! Whatever it is, whatever that thing is in the end, that's what you're following. I know that we might be here this morning, this afternoon. I know that we're filling couch cushions, chair cushions, whatever. I don't even know what they are. Seats. <laughs> but who are you really listening to? If you still can't figure it out, give me your calendar and your bank statement. And I will show you who is most important in your life. Because it comes down to where you spend your time and how you spend your money. We've got to come running when the good shepherd calls. When Jesus says, Sunny, 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 we've got to go, Here I am! Here I am! I'm coming! Because I know where I'm going to get my feeding from. I know where I'm going to be led out into green pastures and quiet waters. I know who's going to protect me in the valley. It's you, Jesus. And I'm going to come running to you. This comes through a relationship with the Good Shepherd. It's the only way that our ears and our trust and our faith will be tuned and trained to recognize the desire of His voice over other voices. Because we have competing voices for our attention. There's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's our friends, there's our co-workers, right? All these things are competing for our attention. How will you know which one to listen to? How will you know which sunny, 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 sunny to chase after? Your ear must be tuned. And the only way to do that is by building a relationship with the shepherd. That is the only way. We've got to know him and he must know us. And it's not by doing a checklist 
It's not by meeting minimum daily requirements. It's not by following religious rules. It's by walking with Him. It's by trusting Him. It's by bearing our souls to Him. It's by exposing ourselves in the most vulnerable of ways. It's by casting our anxieties on Him. It's expressing our gratitude for Him. It's sharing our joys. It's praising. It's worshiping Him. This is how we build this intimate fellowship and connection with God. It's not just doing things so that we can feel better about ourselves and can pat ourselves on the back. Well, I went to church. I gave my money. I sang my song. It's giving our hearts to the Good Shepherd because He's given His heart to us. This is how we build a relationship and this is how we learn to hear His voice. And this is all part of God's loving plan. Jesus says here in the end that the Father loves the fact that he sacrifices and lays down his life. Verse 17, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Jesus wasn't forced to lay down his life for us. Jesus chose to lay down his life for us. He didn't do it because, oh well, this is the way it's supposed to go. Let me fill in my checkbox. Well, if I don't give up my life, then my discipleship partner is going to call me on Tuesday and ask me why I didn't do it. So let me go ahead and do it. That's not why he did it. It was from the inside. It's because he loves us. It's because he's a good shepherd. Psalm 100 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Anyone who's ever heard about Jesus has had a response. These Jews who listened had a response. Verse 19, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed and raving mad while listening to him. But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? As you hear the message of Jesus, we either love him or we hate him. And these Jews had their own mixed response. Some thought he was crazy and demon-possessed. Others rejected that thought and believed that he was more than that because he had done a miracle. But what about you? What is your response? What is our response to Jesus this afternoon? Who do you say he is? Is he a thief? Is he a robber? Is he a stranger? Is he the one that has come to steal and kill and destroy your life? Is he the jailkeeper? Is he the warden? Oh man, I wish that I didn't have Jesus, but I kind of got to have Jesus. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the gate. I'm here to tell you that he's the good shepherd. And he's come to give you life. He's come to give it to you to the full. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Sit down, open the Bible, and learn about Jesus with whomever brought you this morning. Let it be your gate. Let him be your good shepherd. Jesus is our gate. He's the only way to the Father, and He gives us abundant life. Jesus is our good shepherd. He cares for us. He leads us to green pastures and quiet waters. He refreshes our souls, and He lays down His life to protect us, the sheep of His pasture. We have a very, very good shepherd. Let's hear and let's follow his voice. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this time, I want to invite up Chance and John Lucy. John-